Today on Guilty Movie Pleasures, there's no tricks, just treats. Because we're covering Trick or Treat. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasures. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Guilty Movie Pleasures, Halloween week. It wouldn't be an intro if we weren't doing the shake weight dance leading into it. Just <laughs> shaking that weight. Yes, we are back. We're talking. There is nothing guilty. Before we even get started, there is nothing guilty about this movie. It is all a pleasure of a film. I love this movie so much. I think it's a perfect Halloween film. But before we get into the film, we have some special guests today. We have a special guest with us, Clark Wolf. Oh, hello. She's the Thank host you. of Collider Nightmares. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out if you're a horror fan. She's the horror guru. She knows everything about it, and her, her panels are amazing. They cover all kinds of things, all things horror. You can also see your short film. Yes. It's, remind me of the title again. It's I just, The Drawing. The Drawing. Yes. On your social media, Bloody Disgusting just blasted it out. So uh, she is an expert in this genre. We're very excited to have you. Thanks Thank for being here. Thank you for having me. Where can they find you? Uh, your handle on all Yes, that. you can find me at Clark Wolf, Clark with an E and Wolf with an E on all of the internets. All of the internet. All of the I internet. love it. Every single one of them. And we got Jesse McIntosh. He yep. wandered into the studio again. I did. I just want to thank Clark for having me. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for being here today. A good friend of mine uh, brought me in for this special episode. So I appreciate it, Clark. Thank you very anytime, much. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. So we, Jesse and I talked before, uh, before, after last week's episode. Because we did. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Oh, yeah. Because we did that last week. It was a debacle. I, I don't like that one. No. It has its fans. It, it really yeah. does. It mm-hmm. has its fans. Yeah. But it did not win me over with its. Um, it no. didn't win us over mm-hmm. either. And we had. It so, lost me over. We, Is that a thing? Is yeah. that a saying? We needed to cleanse the palate a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I know that somebody is going to watch, uh, see the title of this video and not watch it and comment and go, there's nothing guilty about this. Fuck you guys. Again, this movie is not guilty. I love this film. It's one of my favorites. That's why I wanted to do it because two things. I don't think enough people know about this movie. I think this movie needs to be a Halloween tradition because it's fantastic. It's one of the best anthology films I've seen in decades because it actually ties everything together in a really fun way so it's not so i feel like the vhs series and things like that have cool moments every one of these works yeah all four stories work they all tie together they all make sense they all they have some gotcha moments where you're like oh shit i didn't even see that coming they had kind of a bunch of gotcha yeah, moments from someone who like had never seen it before i like thought i saw where it was going a few times yeah. and then oh i guess i didn't yeah. it's super fun i yeah. remember so i want to first say when we first saw this movie i saw it when it came out i remember I just blind bought the Blu-ray because everybody had been raving about it. A mm. bunch of my horror fr- film friends that are that are fans of all this stuff, and uh, like myself. And I remember watching it around Halloween and being like, "This movie is the quintessential Halloween movie." Because I love that it's steeped in the legends and the myths behind Halloween and why we do certain things. And when you mess up that order of of the world, the world's order and the supernatural order, there are consequences. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was such a cool way to do it. So I've been blown away by this movie, and I watch it almost every year. What about you guys? When, when did you... Jesse, you just saw it. I just saw it. I saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. Uh, had you heard anything about it? I had not heard a single... Other okay. than Ben raving exactly about it. Exactly why we're starting doing this. Last exactly. Week. More people need to see Trick or Treat. Um, but no, I hadn't heard anything about it. I The only, um, the only thing that I could glean from... Uh, any any information they put out there, I assumed it was related in some way to Toys R Us and Kids R Us um, because of the spelling of the title. I was wrong. Oh my god! It had nothing to do or with babies that. Babies R Us. Babies R Us. Babies also, R us, like totally. the whole line of R Us 
uh, establishments. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it had nothing to do with that. I did, I did particularly enjoy the weaving of the stories, yeah. um, the twists we touched on a little bit, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but that really kept me on the edge of my seat. Um, and the characters were cool. Like they surprised me There's in a bunch a of ways. Like really they weren't fun, really dark stock. Comedy in it. it yeah. wasn't really stock like you would expect. Or that I would expect and in even like when a they, traditional horror. Even film. when you think there's gonna be a stock character, they have a twist on that character, yeah. which is real fun. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm so, glad. So you you feel like I we redeemed it. ourselves from last yeah, week. It was you, also like a bite sized film. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit over an hour. Like it could have yeah. been a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. You came in last week shell shocked. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I thought I was gonna have to get therapy for Jesse last week. He just was like, Oh god. Take I mean, his chainsaw too is upsetting. It is not a pleasant movie. It's, so it's not it's not pleasant in like the action and it's also not pleasant in like the experience of just generally watching a movie. I agree. It's unpleasant. I agree. Yeah. Again, I liked about sixty percent of it. <laughs> Clark, how did you feel about this when you first saw it? So I think I remember Trick or Treat coming on Netflix years ago. I don't know if that's right or not, but I remember kind of like hearing about about it in the horror world, but um, not having seen it. And then I think I I had it on in the background. I wasn't really paying attention and I just never finished it. You know, it was kind yeah. of one of those things. But a uh, podcast I used to do called The Bloodcast, we did a show about yep. anthologies. And uh, so, th- so I finally watched Trick or Treat about, I'd say maybe four years ago. And um, and I loved it. I loved it. And, and, you know, this is such a great depiction of Halloween. You know, yeah. I, I'm such a sucker for these... I don't know, um, glossy, gorgeous Halloweens that I don't think actually exist. But <laughs> you see it in this movie. You see it in something like Hocus Pocus, where they have a huge town dance and everyone gets in. We uh, need to live in a smaller town. I that's know. What it is. Well, we have the West Hollywood parade. Like, that's yes. the closest we get. And that's not really, like, glamorous. That's more, like, debaucherous. And it's also, it's also inconvenient. Like, yeah. it's not easy to get no. to. Like, the right. whole town cannot go, oh, we're all going to go do this thing. It's like, no. You have to you ninety have to get minutes an, to park. Exactly, have to get an Airbnb because don't even think about leaving West Hollywood yeah. that night, and and don't try driving through it. And yeah, so but anyway, I um I love this movie. I and I recommend it um very much. Do you know or have the details about what happened, like why it got shelved for so long? No. Okay, great. So Please, for the us. audience, this is this is what happened because you know Brian Singer was a producer on this because it film. came out in 07. It came out. Oh no, oh nine. It came out in 09, but it had been done since oh. So uh, the the, this is a very interesting story about just Hollywood and studio nonsense. But basically, this was something that Mike had done. uh, Michael Doherty, Michael Doherty. Yeah, I I say Mike like I know him. I don't know Michael Doherty. I wish I did, but I do not know him. I call him Doherty. Yeah, you know, like they call him like around the around the water cooler. Yeah, you know, that's what what I go with sometimes. Yeah, Uh, but no, he. So Michael Doherty had worked with Brian Singer on Superman Returns. He had worked with him on X Men Two, and this, I believe, is his debut feature as a director and so it was kind of one of these things where Legendary and Warner Brothers um, produced the film but there was like a regime change essentially and whoever uh, came in and when this movie needed to, was finished and ready to go hated it they hated this movie and would not put it I mean they it sat on the shelf completed for years and then it didn't even get a theatrical release no, it, like, it went straight to Blu-ray or straight to DVD. Which is crazy the cult following that it has gotten because people have discovered it and every Everything you read about it, people love it. Yes. The people that have seen it love it. Well, I want to petition Legendary to, at the 10-year anniversary, do a theatrical run. That'd be amazing. I think this movie... Let's do that. Right? So we've got two years, Yeah, we just got to start tweeting at Legendary every day for the next two years. (laughs) It'll work. I'm pro-petition. Yes. So, of course, I'm on board. Or three years. 
makes I no difference. Uh, but yeah, so so that's the story behind this. And I think when you look at the movie, I mean, it does look like a studio movie, yeah. even though it wasn't a super expensive film. It definitely looks like they put the money on the screen. I yeah. mean, this movie is gorgeous. It's it's so beautifully shot, and the gore is so great. And we'll get to the point. I should say, if you haven't seen this movie. Maybe uh, stop watching now and go watch the movie and then come back and rewatch it because there are some really cool reveals that will get ruined and your experience will get ruined. We are going to spoil things. So stop watching, go watch the movie. It's 80 minutes. You can then rewatch this. Yes. And you don't have to watch this live. And you can stream it. You know, it's, I yeah. think it's a two ninety nine down or yeah, rental or it. something. I found it online for free, but pay for it, please. <laughs> shame, shame. I bought this. I own it. I bought it brand new. <laughs> I'm not saying I watched it for free. I'm just saying I found it available for free, and then I went somewhere else and paid for it. There That's what I said. Perfect. Totally. Perfect. Yeah. So we're going to try and do uh, the plot in under three minutes. We're going to achieve this. I know we will. Uh, we're going to bounce back and forth okay. with plot points under three minutes, and then we're going to get into this. So, Zach, are you ready in the booth? Oh, yeah, let's get started. All right. In three, two, one, I'll start us off. There's an opening commercial where it's like a 1960s type thing. Like, here's how you do trick-or-treat safety, everyone. It's black and white. And there's a, a pumpkin there. There's a couple arguing. She's in a like a bender from Futurama costume, and he's dressed as uh, Gimp without the mask, I guess. And they're like, ah, Halloween sucks. I don't like this. She blows out the jack lanterns like, you shouldn't have done that. I'm going to take down the decorations. That's how much she, she hates she Halloween. She has a ton of decorations. For someone who hates Halloween, she like went all yeah. out. Well, technically, her mom is not a fan of Halloween. Yes, her yes, mom sure. is going to be very yes, upset. Yes, so she's going to be upset. Mm-hmm. So then she's taking down the decorations. He's getting ready watching a nature video where it's actually like a 90s porn. And then there's something in the things, and then ah, she gets tackled. And then this lollipop slits her throat, and then blah, what's next? Okay, so then uh, we find four girls in a dressing room, and they're like trying on costumes, and they're like, oh, this one, oh, I'm gonna, I look stupid, I look stupid. And they're like, shut up, come on out here. And Anna Paquin comes out, and she's dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. So like, cute. oh, you look great, you look great. Well, let's go find our dates. Uh, and she's like very, uh, very apprehensive. She's like, no, I'm, I, I don't know, I want my first time to be special. And they're like, oh, you're a virgin. You're such an obvious virgin. Blah. And so the blonde girl, she finds the store clerk, the guy who's checking around. She's like, okay, we're, uh, heading oh. to this party. We're heading to this party. Uh, We're less than two minutes. Okay, so then uh, they go out uh, on the streets and they find dates. Okay, right. and then after that, so there's a little boy out in the streets. There's a huge party in the in the town square. There's a little boy dragging his Hall- or Halloween bag, and uh, he's this kid sucks. We do not like him. So, he blows out bad his Santa kid. kid. Yeah, bad Santa kid. So he's smashing jack o' lanterns. He goes to a house to steal all the candy, and he is found by what's his Principal name? Principal Wilkins. Principal Wilkins, and uh, basically Principal Wilkins turns out to be not so nice. Mm-mm. Poisons the kid, takes him inside, where he uh, and his son comes home. His little son comes home. So you think, oh boy, oh boy, uh, this kid is going to be in for a horrible surprise when he finds out his yeah. dad is a killer. But what do we learn? The kid is actually involved, and he says, "You got to help me with the eyes." And then they reveal the decapitated head of Bad Santa kid spinning around on a little lazy Susan. and it's adorable. And then we have the four other kids that are yeah. walking house to house, ones. gathering jack o' lanterns. Uh, they go get Rhonda. They go get Rhonda, and then um, and then they go to this this legendary the quarry, the, the rock quarry. The rock quarry. Yeah. Where there was a bus crash, and uh, uh, they they go down the elevator to the quarry. Uh, then they it sounds like they're getting attacked, and then it sounds like they're just playing a trick on Rhonda. Yeah. Um. And so she goes back to the elevator. She's like, "No, I'm taking my ball. I'm going home." After the zombie kids have come out, because what it was is these parents had paid this bus driver to kill their kids because their kids were too much of a hassle. They were like, um, they were special needs, special needs they? kids. It's really dark. It's really upsetting. Really dark. <laughs> and then the Rhonda lets them all get murdered. She goes off. Uh, oh shit! We reveal it that the the four girls that are virgins. I'm going to take us home. We are the 
four girls and the virgin, they're in the woods and they turn out to be werewolves. They're werewolves and they kill the principal. Principal, they principal. Wilkins turns out to be the vampire, fake vampire in the mask. He pulls out his teeth. She kills him. Then we have Brian Cox's character being chased around by Sam. He's getting attacked in his house. He's about to get murdered. Sam leaves and then the kids from the bus show up and it turns out he was the bus driver and then they attack him and then there's credits. And then the camera goes and around it's and it's the original couple from it's the, the original beginning. couple from the beginning. We end where we began. That is it. Ooh. And you end on Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Oh my god. That was good. We made up for we lost time there. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We cuz all Tends three of us happen. were getting very detailed. I realized it was like, "Oh, yeah." We were like happened. getting into lines of dialogue. <laughs> like and then she said this. I will, and, <laughs> I do love that this takes place in Warren Valley, Ohio. And I know uh I know Warren County and Lorraine County, and I don't know if there's a Warren Valley, Ohio. Not anymore. Not anymore after the destruction of Trick or Treat. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. But I know what you mean though, Clark, when you were saying it's it has this picturesque feel of like this uh, Americana version of yeah. Halloween, where it's like, it's like every every year I want Halloween to have that magical feeling, and every year it ends up being what you said, which is driving to <laughs> Santa Monica, trying to park for ninety minutes, then having to walk. A, this happened last year. My mom came to visit for her birthday. We parked way further than we thought. We walked like a mile and a half. My mom was in heels. Oh, geez. She was not happy. But then as soon as she got to take pictures with everybody in drag and stuff, she was laughing and loving it. But then, yeah, it's it's every year. It's not this cool festival. It's just more like drunken well, people and not... And even when I was a kid, I remember it was too cold. And yeah. then my mom would be oh, like, yeah. wear a jacket. And I'm like, this ruins my costume. <laughs> or you have to take your mask off because your face is getting sweaty right. under your mask. And so then you're going maskless for most of the trick-or-treating. Yeah, so like it's, I mean, oh, Halloween's always been like that. Yeah, yeah. But I used to wear this... thermal underwear under my costumes <laughs> in Ohio. It was brutal. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think the point is that you know we see all these things in the movies and on TV, these like magical Halloween mm-hmm. celebrations that I know that I would have always loved to have, but didn't and so I see something like this and it just makes me feel so happy even yeah. though there's so much horrible things that happened in this yeah. movie. I also but, like that this one's a hard R by the way. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning like this is a movie where kids die. It's um, super dark. It's really dark. There's a dark sense of humor it's violent, there's nudity, there's all of these things and yet this is a I mean, it's not, I guess, big budget, but this is a studio yep. horror film that was always going to be in our... You, you were never going to cut this down to PG-13. And I think that that is so, so freaking cool yep. that, you know... I almost feel like it's necessary. Like, if, I guess, sort of to piggyback off what you're saying, like, I don't know how many of them are hard are, like, true horror movies, but I, I sort of Lately, need there's that. Lately, there's been a trend of the PG-13 ghost scare where it's like... I would just rather they go for it, like, commit yeah. to what you are and just be that. Because, but, like, you know what you're getting when you go see a horror movie. I so. will say that um, even though it is gory, they don't... They're not gratuitous oh, with no, it. Oh, no, no way. Which is what's awesome. That's what I love, is, like, even when, like, the kids get killed... And uh, and Rhonda's going back up the elevator. It's all just sounds mm-hmm. of them being ripped apart, which makes this movie more fun for, I think, it, it bridges the gap between hardcore horror fans that have seen everything yep. and that are super desensitized until this past week on Walking Dead, which <laughs> f- fucked all of us up. But I won't say anything. No spoilers. Don't worry. But it, I'm still recovering. I just saw it last night. Anyways, uh, so... <laughs> So, but it bridges the gap between people who can't handle a ton of gore and then gore hounds who need that in their, or not need it, but who look forward for that in their in their. Well, films. this is the thing. I always get asked questions. You know, I'm sure you get this too, being a horror fan. Yeah. Like, you know, people who are friends who are just not, they're not horror fans, but sometimes Super they, squeamish, at yeah. Halloween, they want something kind of creepy and they're, and they're adults. It's like, okay, you can, what can you handle? What can't you handle? I feel like this is a great 
you know, adult horror movie to show to somebody who's like, I don't really know. I'm I'm kind of on the edge because there's nothing in here that's going to haunt your nightmares. But it is, it is, you know, scary enough to where you go, okay, I feel like a grown up who just watched a scary movie. It feels like an adult Halloween special. Yeah, totally. Like Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors or, or like a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. For now. That's what it feels like. It it feels like a very, it's a gateway drug to horror films, everyone. Just try this and then you'll, you'll never want to stop. I think, I think a perfect example of that not to like skip too far ahead here but the scene where Rhonda and the other kid are going down the elevator mm-hmm. into the quarry and they're seeing jack-o'-lantern lights go out on the ground and they're hearing screams like if that were like a found footage type film like that could have been absolutely terrifying and I love the idea of like descending uh, mm-hmm. without being able to stop into mm-hmm. your obvious obviously like your demise um, and they like that was one of the moments where they like turned it around very briefly where the kids come out and they're like, Oh, we're just playing with you. Um, and that sort of like got you back on track of like, okay, I feel safe. I feel safe watching this movie. (sighs) And then it turns again, but just like that moment was so like, could have been so tense and it was like 70% tense, like with kid gloves sort of. Mm -hmm. If yeah, that I makes think sense. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, the tension in here works in a fun way. It never, totally. it never stops focusing on being fun. And a, to me, this movie is a seller. It's clearly made by people who love Halloween, who yeah. love the legends behind Halloween, and who love jack o' lanterns. The lore of it. Well, that's I watched the the behind the scenes thing, and they were saying I watched it last year. Not so my memory's a little foggy, but uh, they were saying how all of it's based. Every single one of these is based on. A different lore within Halloween That's and cool. how and how jack o' lanterns were the the if the candle went out it was supposed to protect you from evil spirits the the candles and the jack o' lanterns candy mm. candy and good like giving of goods to keep the evil spirits away um, obviously Anna Paquin's is the the Red Riding Hood and, and little and, and the wolf obviously. But this movie is so much, and the and then the stuff with like in the eighties. That's what I love. I think this movie, especially if you grew up in the eighties, uh, the razor blades and the candy. Yeah. I remember checking yeah. my candy for razor blades. Yeah. And so when Sam is stabbing Brian Cox's character with a razor blade in a candy bar at the end, it's hilarious I, and creepy and fun all at the same time. I never checked him for poison. They never <laughs> warned us against poison. Candy. I used to if I if I would unwrap a piece of candy and there would be like a little hole in it, uh-huh. like. Looked like a syringe could have been in there, but really it was probably just the chocolate didn't seal. I would throw it out. My mom would check the candy with us before we ate it when we were real young because there was this epidemic yeah. of fear that you were that your neighbors were trying People to kill you. People were really you. scared. My mom did not care. She did not check our candy. She well, was your like, mom whatever. was probably more <laughs> rational. Your mom wasn't charting where well, you got like the Milky Ways from. It would have been nice if she cared a little, <laughs> mom. Nope. Putting stickers on each one so yeah. you can track which house. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. Before you put it in your bag, this is from Mr. Anderson. Oh man, it's it's just that's I think it plays into the decades of Halloween traditions and things like that. So let's get into the movie itself yes. now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I love the couple in the beginning. Uh, she her mom. So I, I I must have missed that when I was watching it. That her mom was going to be mad. Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. So basically, she was saying that her mom is going to come to the house tomorrow morning, and so she's not going to be pleased with all of the Halloween decorations. So they need to take it down now, so that her mom doesn't uh, come and just and give them a hard time. But does her mom not have like seasonal awareness? Like, well, was she not? Does she not know that? it's I mean, Halloween? to be fair, their house was decked out. It's, I mean, it sure was, was done up yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. So I mean, you know, maybe mom was like, "What is all these? What are all these ghosts doing here?" I think that's the and time there, are, there are bloody limbs hanging yeah. from the oh, trees, yeah. so oh, mom yeah. probably wouldn't have approved. I think what it is is uh, the, the the girlfriend's like a fan of Halloween, but the dude's a super fan. Right. 
And I think she let him go a little overboard this year, and now she's cleaning up. And I love the fact of um, the fake scare, the, the fake out yeah, scares yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the beginning when you're you're waiting for one of those to be Sam or to be something underneath it when she keeps pulling the sheet away, especially when she looks across the street yeah. and there's the guy in like the Mike Myers almost purge mask waiting, and they let that tension build, 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 and then, hey, what, guys, what took you guys so long? The car comes up and they drive off. And I love that kind of fake out scare. Because then once Sam... Because ju- I don't think we'd seen Sam by no. that, at no, that point yet. Uh-huh. So when Sam jumps... You don't know if it's a rabid cat. You, you don't, don't know, know what it's it is. It's making these weird, like, howling noises. And then you just see this half-moon lollipop that's jagged slash across and a ton of blood spray up on the sheet with these trick-or-treaters. And you're like, what the... F- what? And that's your intro to the movie. And all, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm going to love this. If it keeps up this kind of energy... Sold, yeah, and I think that Sam has become uh, such an iconic character. You go to comic cons and horror cons, and people are dressed like him, and and I think that's such an interesting, fun concept, especially when they reveal what he looks yeah. like, which is this, which right is a here. pumpkin, a creepy, but like, evil pumpkin. but like the the mask that he puts on is not like a human mask. Like he's not human underneath, and the mask he puts on also not human, yeah. right? Which I found kind of funny, yeah, but like. There's also no when you see people dressed as him, or do they have breathing holes? Because his scarecrow mask has no breathing holes, <laughs> and I was very concerned for his safety. I think I think Sam is otherworldly. He takes a few Interesting. shots. Interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think this that's has right. a little Good bit point. of this has a little bit of Sam Raimi in it too. Like when his hand gets Definitely. blown off mm-hmm. later on, and it's it's moving along. Yeah. Um, and isn't it made of pumpkin like guts? Yeah. Uh-huh. He's basically a walking oh, oh, around. Yeah, I love this. A lo- possessed a, pumpkin. Yeah, person. a live jack o' lantern. Yeah, he's the and so I mean. Really, Sam's justified in all of his actions because anybody who destroys a jack-o'-lantern, that's like one of his family members. There you go. You know? They're just, he's just avenging his family. Yes, that that's is all. true. It's like the pumpkin version of Death Wish. That's what we watched. That's pretty much what we watched. So I do want to play the first opening commercial. Can we play clip number one? This feels real. It doesn't feel made up. time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. <laughs> jack o Love it. Oh, my God. I feel like we had to watch those kind of videos in grade school. I feel like there was... I never had to watch those. Maybe. I, I, there, you were so free as a child. Before this is amazing. Si- yeah, and <laughs> I grew up in the South, so that was weird. In Ohio, there were several classes I had. I had, like... Railway safety classes oh, where I'm that. still scarred. Are you serious? To the, I'm still scarred to this life. To this. To, to this <laughs> moment. To the, I'm still scarred to this life. I'm still scarred to this moment in my life. Is what I meant to say, and then I cut out half the sentence uh, because there was this video where this brother and sister were playing on the tracks, and she gets stuck, and a train hits her, and it's clearly a pillow head, but the the uh, the wheels go over it and and smash it and to this day I still have that image in my head it scarred me because we lived by railroad tracks growing oh up and that's terrible like, that's always so whenever the train but came I mean by, it worked right it yeah, worked you, you haven't been hit by a train not been hit by a train so consider yeah. that a win consider that a win so then we so we did we talked about at length the couple and the bad Santa kid with I think it's hard to what's your favorite vignette in this because I thought I can't decide but I really really love the principal Wilkins. <laughs> But I think I love them all equally. I don't know. I, 
I will say this. I want to give some love because the werewolf thing is so hard to do yeah. well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like, especially in this day and age, like with technology and stuff, it's just so hard to believe a werewolf story. Mm-hmm. But somehow, some way, I totally buy this. And every time I see that segment yep. again and again, I love it more. And and we always talk about, and you know, with horror fans, like werewolf transformations, what mm-hmm. the best ones are. And of course, you know your American werewolf in London. You know the howling. Um, But there's some really, really good unsung Red Riding Hood mythology, whether it's uh, In the Company of Wolves, which is like a weird 80s movie, which that has an amazing transformation in it. Um, And it's it's like a fairy tale, right? But this has, I mean, the girls are peeling their skin off and dropping it on the, I mean, and and the puppet looks practical, and I love that. And so I I really want to give like some real props to the werewolf segment. I think that's the best reveal. Yeah. And especially because they set it up, and we'll play the... Uh, here's how they set up the werewolf theme. So you think that the werewolf vignette, you think that it's these girls pressuring their friend into having sex. Can we play the Virgin Territory clip number two, please? You always wait for them to come to you. If you just tried a little harder, you wouldn't be a virgin at 22. What? Excuse me? It's practically stapled to your forehead. Oh, Laurie, please do not listen to them. Okay, the key thing is to just be yourself. Being myself hasn't gotten me very far. Maybe I'm too old-fashioned, but I've always wanted my first time, so please don't say it. Special. I love that, because that's lifted from almost every... Yeah first scene with the girl who's going to be the final girl in a slasher film where it's like, I just wanted to be special. Don't pressure me, guys. We're going to this party. You're going to get laid tonight because Brian broke up with you and you deserve it. You just need to be free. And it's especially since a lot of that came out of the the whole theory that horror films are uh, cautionary tales and to try and scare teenagers not to smoke weed, not to have premarital sex. So that's so fun that they take this this kind of trope, and then flip it where what they're actually talking about is she's never, I assume she's never eaten someone before as a, or fully werewolfed out right. in public. I like to think they were actually just still talking about, still talking about sex. sex. Yeah, and she's like we're killed go a have bunch sex. of people. We're but have yeah. sex after we kill all <laughs> yeah, these yeah. people. Yeah. The, uh, were, the werewolf reveal is the best, though. The, rip, the, the fact that they don't just... Their skin doesn't just transform into it. That Yeah, it's like they're, they're wearing human yeah, skin they as a costume. Off. Yeah, the ripping off of the legs, it's so awesome. I think, interestingly, I was, like, the least, I think, emotionally invested in their story until the reveal because of what you said, because, like, I recognize like, that oh, trope. No. And I was like, I'm not. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not emotionally invested in these characters. I don't care about her plight as an attractive 22-year-old girl who's never had sex. Like, that, that doesn't, like, resonate with me, and it seems a little so manufactured. When- and so, but then when it switched, I was, I don't know. Like it was, it was a really, really cool switch. I just wasn't already like emotionally invested yeah. enough to like find it super cool. Yeah. But like, oh, but um, yeah, no, like I, I really appreciate what they did. Yeah. So I had like taking a little bit of a step back. I have a full appreciation for it. I just wasn't like there in the moment with them. I feel like the second time you watch it, it's gonna, bl- it's I gonna, bet. it's yeah, gonna I be awesome. Because right. every time I watch it now, I just notice little things yeah, that I, that I love about it. Mm-hmm. 
that I love about how they hint they they hint at the fact that they're going to maul all of these people. Yeah, I, I also like for half of the movie was sort of interested in the idea that like Rhonda maybe grew up to be Anna Paquin. Oh, and interesting. it had been, it was like being told on two different timelines. So oh. like I was watching it with a little bit of an eye towards maybe that's what's happening here. Okay. Um, so maybe that took me out of her story a little bit more also because I was like, well, I'm going to see what happens to Rhonda. Mm-hmm. So what's yeah, going to yeah. happen here? But yeah. I think that um, the, the let's get into the the um, principal Wilkins and Bad Santa Kid, which will forever be known as Bad Santa Kid for me, <laughs> because this kid's a dick. This kid, you said it in the in the beginning, where he's just smashing pumpkins. He, he goes up to the thing where every neighbor every neighborhood had that house that said, "We're not home. Please take one." And there was always that asshole kid that got there before you and took all of them. And yeah. he's that kid till he gets caught by Principal Wilkins. And he teaches him quite a lesson, I feel like. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> in fact, um, can we play the... Because he's trying to school him a little bit. And then they're trying to school us as an audience. Can we play clip number three, the Halloween traditions? Whoop. What's happening? Ooh, I love these traditions. Jack-o'-lanterns. Putting on costumes. Handing out treats. They were started to protect us, but nowadays, no one really cares. Because this whole movie, it's all about how Hallow's Eve, Halloween, Yah- what is it? What's the? I almost said Yahweh. It's uh, it's uh, the other version. What's it called? Rhonda says Rhonda it. Rhonda says it. I don't remember. We'll find. We'll hear it later. That. But uh, it's it's when the veil between the living and the dead mm-hmm. is the thinnest, and these evil spirits can cross over, and you have to protect yourself. But nobody cares anymore. It's all about drunken debauchery and stealing candy. And then, can we play number four? Because this is what happens after Bad Santa Kid has chomped down on this candy bar without checking it. There's another tradition. <coughs> Very important. <coughs> Always check your candy. <laughs> so gross. That's even worse just, just hearing it. Just audio, oh. yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, Delightful. Man. Yes. Uh, I don't want to go on an improv riff with that because I don't want to have to hear it again. <laughs> oh, my God. But that is the always check your candy was what my, my mom always said back then. <laughs> oh, come on, Zach. You're killing me. Sweet. Thanks. Thanks. The gurgles in that are really gross. So it gross. sounds like you're walking through, like, a muddy swamp. <laughs> like, just the isolated audio. I yeah. love that it's, it's like... A mixture of of milk chocolate and blood yeah, that he's barfing out <laughs> all over the place. It's and it goes on forever. And I was watching it with Renee, my wife, last night, and she was like, "Oh God!" She's like, "I can't listen to this. How much longer is this going to go on for?" I'm like, like "Thirty more seconds. Yeah, you'll it's be a, fine. Quite a long experience. It's the worst. It's <laughs> go the, go make some popcorn. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus. God damn it, Zach. <laughs> so. Then he he takes he drags the body out to the back and he's digging in the backyard and you're introduced to Brian Cox's character because after he chops off a finger and throws it to his his neighbor's dog to distract him and then uh, Principal Wilkins' son comes home and that's where you think you're misled one of those other kind of red herrings where they're like oh the kid doesn't know and his dad's like hey hey I'm not doing anything weird down here can we play the uh, clip number five the dad and Charlie thing. Because you'll bother the neighbors. <laughs> Go watch Charlie Brown, and I'll be in in a minute. Charlie Brown's an asshole. Billy Wilkins, language. Billy Wilkins, language. 
You know, uh, growing up as a kid, I did, I, I did, I watched Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. and uh, I always kind of sided with him because I always thought that that was my life. You know, I was, I was kind of the kicked around kid, the kid that people made fun of, and my sister always thought that that he wasn't the the hero of the show. He thought that his little sister was, and I guess from her perspective it was. And I dressed as Charlie Brown one year, and she laughed at me in front of all the upperclassmen that I was friends with. And she just said, Charlie Brown's an asshole! <laughs> she actually sounded a lot like that. That's it sounded awful. just like my sister. Charlie Brown's an asshole. That's awful. I couldn't remember Charlie Brown's little sister's name. I was going to ask for help. When, Lucy? My, there, it, Lucy. That's definitely a character. Was that his sister? I don't know. There's Lucy and Snoopy. Or did right? Lucy like him? <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. remember. Oh, oh Zach's going Zach's to figure it out. Nice. So that's why halfway through my, the power of the if internet. you can call that an improv, my head almost exploded. Um, so yeah. I, I watched like sort of an artistic version of Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. Peanuts, mm-hmm. Um, where like all the different characters were represented as body parts. <laughs> so like Snoopy was the mouth, Lucy was the belly, and Charlie Brown was the posterior. Um, and we were not allowed to curse, but I like couldn't contain myself as a kid. I just blurted out at the TV. Charlie Brown's an asshole. And I was right. <laughs> he was. I was right. You weren't being rude. I got punished, you, but I was you weren't right. Being you were right. Yeah. You were just stating a fact. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's funny with like all mm-hmm. the TV specials, uh, when you're a kid and, and you know, it's like this, this soul Charlie Brown thing is like a part of so many kids' childhoods because there's great pumpkin and then there's the Christmas one and then there's it. I never watched any of these things growing up. Yeah. Never. I And so uh, when I became an adult, I had, because Ben and I did a short that yeah. was sort of revolved Oh, you should around. go check it out. Yeah, it's called Where Are You? And um, it's a good Halloween short film. But uh, I'll, tweet it, uh, you, I'll tweet it out today. If you Google Where Are You, <laughs> you'll find The it. first thing that comes up is going to be the short film. <laughs> I'll tweet it out did. so you can uh, also be put but, on a list. But no, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't watch any of those things until, and the Peanuts, until I was an adult. And I gotta say, my reaction was just that Charlie Brown's an asshole. I'm sorry. Especially if you watch the Thanksgiving special, where it's basically like, this is exactly how Thanksgiving was, kids. It was all perfect. The settlers just came over and befriended the Native Americans. Sure. And then they moved away. You know what? Charlie Brown, <laughs> perfect. Charlie Brown's an <laughs> asshole. You're an asshole. Nailed it. Yep. There we go. I love it. I love the uh, awkward pauses. They're my favorite. By the way, Charlie Brown's sister is Sally. 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 Lucy's the girl always pulling the football. Yes. Mm. That Lucy's the asshole. Sally's, let's be honest. Sally's real forgettable. So um, then we, the big reveal is that you, I, when I watched it with Renee last night, and I think that this is, I don't know if you had the same feeling, Jesse, when you watched it for the first time, when the dad's coming down and the kid's in the basement and he has the knife up, Renee's like, He's gonna kill his kid. Yeah. He's gonna kill his kid. He's gonna kill his kid. And I was like, no, 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 don't just watch, just watch, just watch. And then whoosh, it even makes a noise that you think, and then it reveals that he stabbed the head of Bad Santa Kid, and it's just sitting on that lazy Susan. The first spinning time around. I saw that scene, I remember feeling the dread oh, yeah. and just being like, oh my God, this yeah. dad, where's his mom, first of all? Or where's this little kid's mom? We don't know. Who they took hint, him trick or treat? They hint yeah. at it. They hint at it where he's like, I wish, because uh, they, and that's why it even leads you in that direction more, because yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like, I bet you wish your mommy was still yep. here. And you're like, oh man, this so dad's going to. So he gonna... killed everybody, right? Yeah. He killed the mom and he's going to kill this kid. I remember that. I remember that feeling very, very specifically. But there is another body in the backyard, so it could very well be the mom. Could be. It could be. I mean, I'm concerned with who took him trick-or-treating, 
because he just came in and was like, I'm done with trick-or-treating. Maybe Sam yeah. took him. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, yeah, it turned out not to be a concern because the kid's a psychopath. So, like, exactly. feel free to go out by yourself. You should yourself. be concerned for the person that did take him trick-or-treating. Now yes. I am. He's, now he's I am, in probably retrospect. probably dead, because can we play the clip number six? This is what the kid says after... Don't forget to help me with the ice. Let's play that one more time, because he's so adorably terrifying. But don't forget to help me with the ice. That's something horror films have a tough time doing, is making kids creepy. And in this one line, that kid is terrifying. Yeah. That yeah. kid is... That's the thing that'll make or break a moment in a horror film when you have a kid. If, if it's like a... A lot of these supernatural things happen where it's like, the kid is haunted, or the house is haunted, right. haunting the kid. And if the kid isn't a good actor, you're just like, oh, fuck, this is 90 minutes of this. But that one moment sells it for me and I, I'm so glad this is a moment though where they could have gotten crazy gross and started carving an eyeball out and they just leave you with the idea that they're going to carve up this human head which there's this awesome short film uh, this director I believe her name is Pat- Patricia Chica I think oh shit what's it called but the, it's these um where are you? These these heads get chopped off, <laughs> and they're getting plopped out, and it's super gross. And you're like, oh, like eyeballs are getting poked out, and you're like, this is disgusting. What's happening? It's all practical. And then they're like, all right, let's pose for the picture, and it reveals it's a it's a family of pumpkins carving human heads, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I got I gotta find, even though I just ruined the twist, but uh, sorry, Patricia, it's a great short. Anyway, so then <laughs> the trick or treaters go around. And they pick up Rhonda, and they, they call her not the most PC name, because mm-hmm. she has, she's kind of like a savant when it comes to Halloween. She, she's got Rain Man-ish. I'm trying to figure out how to say this PC. She's like bookish. She's, she's very bookish. bookish yes. and she, she's, she's on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. And her house is decked out with, which I thought it was Brian Cox's house, because it looks very similar. Yeah, me too. To his at the end, when he has all the jack-o'-lanterns. I didn't notice. But so they bring her out, and it's the typical. Again, they play with the horror trope of the the cute boy and the nerdy girl, and he's pretending to like her, and then he does something really shitty, and they, and then he's the first one to be like when they when they reveal that it's a fake out that they're not really being eaten by these zombie kids, and I think that that's a the way they flip that again, where it's like, oh, he's the nice kid now, and like guys, we shouldn't have messed with her. I love that there's always that person in a horror film, yeah. like. Hey, this super mean prank we planned where we're going to get someone who's already socially awkward and potentially on the spectrum, take them down, tell them this legend of a school bus full of special needs kids, which is super dark, (laughs) where their parents were like, we can't deal with you. So on Halloween, chain them all to the bus, drive out to the quarry, and then just hand them all candy and flip it in neutral. But it doesn't quite work out that way. And the bus driver goes down with it and then climbs out. But they all drown. And you're like, oh, is this real? But then the bus is there, so you're like, there has to be some truth to this. But to do this, I didn't know any kids that were this mean growing up. Did kids play that? Like, the worst prank we ever plan, play, uh, played on anybody was, like, on April Fool's, I had my sister run down the street with ketchup dripping down her hands, screaming that she'd been bitten by a rat. And my neighborhood <laughs> friends came back, and there was a rat in the garage, a fake toy rat we had, and they were freaking out, and they got a net, and they were hitting it with it, and then they picked it up and realized it was a rubber rat. But, like, clearly it was ketchup, and they just were really gullible, but that was, like, the worst prank we ever played. Not fake entrails and all that. That's so elaborate. Do these pranks really exist? I don't know, but I know that our mutual friend, Chelsea, uh, you know, because we were... 
Oh, we did just gone and seen a screening of Carrie, mm. and um, I commented after the movie that like if anything remotely similar to Carrie had happened in my high school, especially in during the prom scene, I mean people would have just like rushed the stage to help and not yeah. just stand by and like point and laugh. And and I didn't go to some magical like beautiful Unitarian where school hugging. where everyone's nice. I went to like a regular high school. Um, but Chelsea said she was like, oh, kids in my school would have absolutely stood and laughed. Wow. They were they were mean. They were bullies. Like they they shoved her in lockers and put gum in her hair and like really fucked with her. So I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I didn't. That wasn't my high school experience. I was bullied a lot in junior high. So in junior high, I think if I had gotten like blood poured on me in front of everyone, they would have been like, yeah, yeah. I ha, feel like ha, ha. straight bullying would have been like more typical of the high school that I went to. Not like super intricate. Like well thought out yeah. and well planned pranks. Is, like it would it would be like this is available to me right now in this moment when I see you. Let me do this. Yeah. And they bail on the the, the cute boy. The, the oh, like heartthrob bails on it immediately. Yeah. immediately. He's like, guys, she freaked out for about ten seconds. Maybe we should. Oh no, it's because she falls. She falls. Yeah, and hits she her hits head. her head. That's when shit gets real, and she hits her head. And I love the revenge she gets when the real bus zombie kids come out. And she just locks the thing and goes back up, and it's like you know. The more I think about it, this really is his carry. I mean, this is yeah. like it is kind of beat for beat, like you yeah. know, the, his take on that story, which I think is kind of cool. It's awesome. I think I think it's a uh, you know, it's got a great anti-bullying message, which I'm always fond of. <laughs> sure. I'm always fond of. Do not pull elaborate pranks on the kid that you consider the weird kid because they may leave you for dead with zombie. Dead special needs kids. It's also like so if you strange. need if you need to get a bunch of exposition out in a short amount of time, like insert socially awkward character yeah, totally. and just have in them fact, like just vomit. Way to yeah. set up that clip. Can yeah, we thanks. play clip number seven where Rhonda explains Halloween and we'll finally figure out what the other name for Halloween is? You must really like Halloween. You mean Sawin? Sawin. Sawin, also known as All Hallows Eve, also known as Halloween. Predating Christianity, the Celtic holiday was celebrated on the one night between autumn and winter when the barrier between the living and the dead was thinnest and often involved rituals that included human sacrifice. I mean, by that standard, this Halloween night in Warren Valley, Ohio is pretty tame. Sure. To, you know, run of the mill. It's just, yeah, it's just, you know, we're getting, we're hearkening back to old times. Mm -hmm. uh, so... The did you think that real zombies were going to come out, the real zombie kids, or did you think it was going to end with a prank? Because you said no, you had I a thought, Yeah, I thought real zombies were going to okay, come so out. Okay, so you were just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I was waiting okay. for it. But yeah, I, what I was just saying was like they like it. It was still sort of softened. Like it was, it was a softened version mm -hmm. of what it could have been. And then, like you said, they immediately sort of revealed themselves when she hurts herself. So like she falls back and hits her head. Like there was. There was no more chase after that. It was Except just like, for that's the it. angel girl, she was mean. Oh, she, she was pure, yeah. and she evil. starts off like you think she's kind of yeah, nice. You think yeah. she's the nice she's one, super mean, and she stays mean the whole time. She's the Rachel McAdams from Mean Girls, she mean. So and that okay. So this was the other reason why I thought it was parallel timelines because she was blonde and like Leslie sort of Dib similar to yeah. yeah the friend who wanted Anna Paquin to get laid, and oh. then the, oh okay. and then yeah Anna Paquin looked a lot like Rhonda. Okay. Interesting. Um, so you were yeah. just waiting for that reveal. I was. Like, uh, I was like, just like comes. how I was waiting for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 to end. <laughs> 40 minutes in a cave. So um, so then we get to the, the, the werewolf reveal. And I love that she, 
Anna Paquin's friend is calling her saying, we got a guy here for you. And the guy they pan off to is like a John Wayne Gacy <laughs> in dude a baby. in a baby diaper. Yeah. Strong costume. Though, like, he made he a choice and choice. he committed Bold to choice. it. He committed. Yeah, something he sure tells me he wears that costume 365 days yeah. a year. Something, yeah, um, <laughs> he got him from I a mental ward someplace. Yeah. It reminds me of a Halloween costume I had one year where I went as Tom Hanks from Castaway and talk about freezing. It was in Athens, Ohio, where I went to college. And terrible idea. Because I just had a loincloth and a sleeveless t-shirt that I wrote, uh, I'm a castaway on it, and I carried around Wilson. <laughs> and so for the entire night, it was maybe 20 degrees. Freezing, people trying to rip my loincloth off, and trying to steal Wilson from me. Miserable night. What was your, I'm throwing this, so if you need a minute to think about it, what was your worst Halloween costume? Ooh, boy. What's the one that afterwards you regret? Because that one I really regret. Because it was not fun. And I just was trying to not be naked the entire time. I don't night. think I have one that I regret. I did one year Halloween was like on a Sunday when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there was a weekend long celebration. And Friday I went as a fish taco. So I had like cheese and lettuce in my hair. And I had uh, a towel wrapped around me with fish on it. And then Sunday. <laughs> Real fish? N- uh, no, it was like the Plastic print, fish. The okay, print okay, on the okay. towel. Oh, okay. Good, um, good, good. And then uh, Saturday I wrapped my arms in tinfoil and went as leftovers. So it was really like an arc, a costume arc. And if you can't think of your worst, what's your favorite Halloween costume? Yeah, I don't, I can't think of worst, but I, I had two that I really liked. One where nobody really got it, but I thought it was really funny. Uh, and it was um, Missing Geniality from the poster. Yeah, yeah. So I had on a pink dress. And <laughs> not from the movie. Not from, from the movie. The <laughs> well, I say specifically from the poster because she never wore that she, dress yeah, in yeah, the yeah. movie. Um, the pink but, dress with a sash and the gun holster. Yeah, exactly. And oh, yeah. combat boots. But then the other one was, so I was invited to a Doctor Who party, and I've never really been the biggest Doctor Who fan. Um, so instead of doing Doctor Who, I went as Guess Who. And so <laughs> I was I was Maria from Guess Who. So I wore a red beret, or I wore a beret, and I bought a piece of poster board and I cut it out so that there was a flap. So it said, when it flapped down, it said Maria on it. But then when you flap it back up, it said Guess Who on it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's strong. And that, was, that took like, you know, 45 minutes to make, but it was a pretty... A, that sad story. I did not get a single photo of that costume. Ah. What was I thinking? But yeah, that was a good one. I, I like that one. I think two no of my photo favorites. Didn't happen. I, I have a few favorites. <laughs> I did. I did a weekend at Bernie's. Even though I stole it from my buddy Nick Stefozik, who did it in college. I did it a few years ago on uh, Santa Monica. But I did weekend at Bernie's two specifically, and I had a Walkman with headphones, and I did the. Conga dead man walk all over, but everybody kept yelling Borat, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> did you have? Weren't you, was, did you have two was, men with I was you? Borat two Halloween's yeah. ago. No, but yeah, two Halloween's before then. But yeah, no, no, I had because I had the headphones, so it, the music made me move in Weekend at Bernie's too. Right, and they either said right. Borat or Beastie Boys, and I was like, "God damn it! I'm I'm wearing a members only jacket and a Hawaiian shirt. I'm Bernie." Mm. And then uh, when Renee and I, my favorite couples cop, uh, couples costume we ever did was either Diane Word, where we went as the ninja and Yolandi Visser. And that was awesome because only like three people got it. But those who did thought it was awesome. And then uh, Homeland, when she went as Carrie Matheson and I went as Brody. And I just tried to make my mouth as small as possible, and she made ugly crying faces all night, and it was fantastic. We we did a couple's costume once. That, After Jesse, tell us some costumes, Zach. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we were um, from Community, Troy and Abed. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a tag on one of the episodes where they were Bert and Ernie. <laughs> and so we went as 
Troy, Troy and Abed, Abed being Bert and Ernie. I, I saw a costume similar to that one year, which was in Team America World Police. Gary, the actor, yeah. uh, dresses up as a terrorist. And it is the dumbest. It doesn't. It is so stupid and offensive and and really bad costume. But I saw someone as Gary as the terrorist. That's, and that's I, fantastic. And I said to him, I was like, "Has anybody gotten this?" And he was like, "Like two people. Two people. Everybody it. else just thinks I'm being super racist <laughs> and super offensive." What do we got in there, Zach? What what's Halloween's costumes? Do we uh, have? So yeah, Best the, the, the chat's got some uh, some Halloween uh, horror stories of their oh, own. No, please uh, share. TJ Dexter. Uh, What's up, TJ? Full uh, long time fan, first time commenter. No, I'm kidding. He's both long time and all that. Go. Uh, he put on a full-on leather Batman Begins costume Oof. in high school, oh, Jesus. and then uh, kept drinking the night. Not easy to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, man. Just go, TJ. Um, and then Canucks fan says that they dressed up as Darth Maul in middle school, went trick or treating door to door. And then knocked, uh, and a girl that they liked answered the door, and that was the moment he realized he was too old to be trick-or-treating. <laughs> oh, wow. No, that's, Wait. that's the moment you realize she was too young to not be trick-or-treating. The, uh, the girl I liked, I got sick from too much Halloween candy one year, and the girl I had a crush on, I got up because I was feeling nauseous, and she was dressed as a cheerleader. I was a zombie with, like, blood on my hands. So not only did I accidentally bump her and get blood on her white sweater, I ended up throwing up on her desk. (laughs) And then she moved away and came back during uh, high school and was like, hey, you threw up on my desk in first grade. And I was like, yep. Do you you think she moved away because you threw up on (laughs) her desk? Probably, right? Legit happened. Threw up on her desk. What else do we got? Anything else in there? Uh, Nothing else, but I have also done Cast Away. Yeah, as Halloween costume. It's before. in theory really fun. I waited till I moved to Los Angeles when though. it's eighty degrees. Mm. That was smart. Yeah. Good call. I was. I did Helen Hunt from Castaway once. <laughs> no one knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. However, I, I did. I did take it one step further uh-huh. than you because I was walking around without a shirt on the entire night. Mm. I couldn't fully commit to that. I couldn't, but I did have the big beard at the time because I was in. Um, uh, a really weird play in college, and a Brecht play, uh, Bertolt Brecht, super weird. Anyways, who gives a shit about it? Everyone's like, oh, "You lost me at Brecht." All right, uh, theater nerd. Everyone wants to know now. Everyone please, like, ooh, please tell me what Brecht, Brecht play. play. It's gonna haunt my dreams. So not, not our, Hamilton, right? our final, <laughs> our, different one. Our final vignette. I'm not giving up my shot or what it is, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, so the final uh, vignette is where. Um, Brian Cox's character gets stalked by Sam, and it has it. So each one of these has kind of an has an homage to a different genre of horror, and this one is definitely the home invasion, the Jason Voorhees, the Michael Myers. But it flips it where it's an old man being stalked, and this tiny, almost childlike creature following him around, and it has even that where when I was a kid, I was afraid of underneath my bed that something, and I remember hearing that. Look out when you get in your car because somebody could slash your ankles. So there's all these weird fears in the 80s that came out. Do you guys remember that? Like someone would slash your ankles Mm -hmm. when you get in your car or under Mm -hmm. your bed? And then they do that, but with a razor blade and a candy bar. Yeah. Fucking love that. I love that so much, Michael Doherty. You are brilliant. Please make Trick or Treat 2 immediately. But I did mention, I did write down that um, when... When Brian Cox falls down the steps and he slides on all the candy and then he lands on glass and razor blades... 
Sam is kind of like a fucked up Kevin McAllister, where it's it, like I, that's what it reminded me of <laughs> yeah. too. Home yeah. Alone traps, totally. Yeah. Home Alone except traps, Halloween and Halloweeny, super twisted. Yeah, if Kevin McAllister had actually murdered Joe Pesci, but there was wasn't there glass in Home Alone also? Did I make that up? Didn't they like get glass yeah, in their hands? He it steps on ornaments. ornaments. Oh, the ornaments. That's what it was. But it's yeah. all comedic. Like, yeah. oh, it just gives me bruises sure. instead of bullshit. Sure, but imagine I did have an image of like. Oh man, imagine cut. if they made an R-rated Home Alone reboot where <laughs> Kevin. Well, McAllister. Fun fact, horror please, fans. Please, please. Uh, there's a movie I saw at Fantastic Fest this year that does not have distribution currently, but uh, it is probably the closest you will get to a horror version of Home Alone, and it is called Safe Neighborhood. So put that on your radar. I don't know if this movie will ever get distribution because oh, it's see really it so fucked up. It sounds tame. And there's a huge reveal, but it's anyway. Are you, safe neighborhood. Are you telling me the neighborhood is not safe in it? <gasps> is, the title is, that is that the twist? Is the title uh-huh. ironic? Uh-oh. Oh, got to start rapping. So I want to play uh, two more sound effects real quick. Because I love the sound effect right before Sam gets shot. He's gnawing on Brian Cox's leg. And Brian Cox, who's a proud NRA card-carrying member, brings his shotgun. And the cartoonish sound effect of Sam's reaction <laughs> is amazing. Can we play clip number nine? I don't know. We're going to play one more time because there's a really quick moment where he goes, huh? So specifically listen for that. Yeah. He's such an adorable little terrifying monster. monster. Yeah. And then Did you they think... use like a slide yeah. to make that sound? So he gets slammed against the wall and Brian Cox does the smart thing that people don't always do, which is check for, shoot him a bunch of times. You think it's dead. Then we have the Sam Raimi hand crawl reattach. And almost kills him. There's a little now, Adam's family also. A little Adam's, yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess Adam, mm-hmm. I would say that Sam Raimi borrowed that from Adam's family. Perhaps. Good point. So what's the, the thing I'm unclear about is when he gets stabbed with the sucker, did he block it with the candy bar? Or where did the candy bar come from that saves Brian Cox's I think it was life? just a happy accident. It was a happy yeah. accident. That's, what, that's how I saw it, was that he had the candy and then it just happened to be in the yeah. spot where yeah. he was being stabbed. Because Sam, the whole, the whole thing was he wasn't giving out candy to kids. And then Sam was like, all right, you learned your lesson. And you think it's over. He's bandaged up. It's hilarious. He's got that creepy wheezing thing he does. <laughs> and then the zombie kids show up. And this is the final clip from the show. Can we play for the show? Can we play number 10? This is when the zombie kids show up and we realize he's the bus driver that drove them over the quarry. Trick or treat. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh. All right. And he gets ripped apart in comic book panels. We don't so see great. it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen Trick or Treat, I hope you didn't listen to this entire podcast because we ruined it for you. But if you have seen Trick or Treat, tell your friends to watch it. Make this a Halloween tradition. It is for me. I know it is. It's going to be for the, my two guests here today as well. Now, before... That music is so loud and distracting. <laughs> my brain's going... Ah, He's giving you a score with which to I love wrap it. up. I love it. I love it. Yeah, keep keep take, the score going. Take you back to your Breck days. Clark, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you guys for thank having you. me. This was so fun. I love this movie, and what a treat. Where can they find you? Where can they find Collider Nightmares? Yeah, all that good stuff. So you guys can find me at Clark Wolf. Clark with an E. Wolf with an E on the internet. You can find Collider Nightmares, where we're not just talking talking horror we talk science fiction thriller fantasy uh, genre just in general uh, on collider video uh, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and don't miss the drawing which premiered on bloody disgusting this Monday yes Jesse where can they find you uh, on Twitter at too much Jesse uh, prom losers.com coming soon for sketch um, 86 Charles podcast 
All right, you can find me in at the Ben Begley at Guilty Movie Guys for our podcast here at Funhouse Mass because Twitter has a weird character limit. But the Funhouse Massacre is now out on Showtime, and for those of you who are in England, it's coming out on Halloween in England, getting distribution Woo! in England on Halloween. But it'll it's be on, it'll be on the other side of the street. Yep. So just <laughs> exactly. keep your eyes open for exactly. that. It takes place on Halloween, so we hope you enjoy it. If you do watch it, send a photo, tweet it at me. I'll send you a signed poster. I'm just gonna send some free posters to people. The first three people that tweet a photo of them watching it, saying it's their new Halloween tradition or trolling me. Either way, that's fine. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> damn it, Zach. What is your guilty movie pleasure? <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.